Who are the top five defensive players for the Denver Broncos from the 2021 season? We go back and we take a look at which performers stepped up and rose to the occasion. And we also look ahead as to which players maybe need to be top five defensive players in the 2022 NFL season. You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team, every day from the south stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. So thank you once again, Broncos country, for making this podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can get this podcast in audio format free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. You can watch us here in video format on YouTube Live. Lockdown Broncos, make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, and hit that thumbs up button to push us out in the algorithm to more members of Broncos Country. Once again, we appreciate you, as always, for your contributions, Broncos Country. Yesterday's episode of the show, we went back and we recapped the top five offensive players from the 2021 season. It was very hard to kind of pick that out, but Sarah, it was really kind of difficult to really pick a true solidified top five because the Broncos defense was the top unit for them this season. They had their ups and downs. They had their moments of inconsistencies, but primarily they were the force here for this team. This was very tough to kind of come up with the five here, my friend. Can't wait to break it down with you today. I can't wait either, Cody. It was tough. It was fun. It was good to kind of go back. This was really the first time I've looked at individual players' numbers from this past season, so I I don't know why I hadn't really done that as much. We, We really, you know, on this show... People know if you listen, you watch, you know that Cody and I, we go by a lot of the eye tests and way less just based on statistics and statistical production, but kind of putting numbers to some of the things that like popped into my head with the eye test, both offensively and defensively, I felt like was very, very interesting. No, very spot on. And that's the way that you got to do it, right? I think I think the one thing that fans sometimes get really caught up into is just looking at box score. I, I think that there's a time and a place, right? If you can look at the on-field product, the game film, and then you can look at the box score and kind of combine the two, you can come up with a valid reasoning for maybe your choices that you make here. So let's start things off, Sarah. Let's waste no time here for Broncos country here today. One of the top defensive players from the Broncos in the 2021 season. We're going to start off with free safety, safety extraordinaire, Justin Simmons, obviously for him, obviously the Broncos MVP essentially this season on the field, off the field. And, and the reason we're going through here, when you watch Justin Simmons here, the way that he was able to maneuver the Broncos defense and be the captain, as Vic Fangio, former Broncos head coach, always used to say, he's the quarterback of our defense. He captains it. He gets guys lined up. He's smart. His on-field production speaks for itself. I mean, tying a career high, five interceptions so far this season for him. That, that was one thing that we saw. Can he replicate the same type of performance that got him the contract extension? He did that and a little bit more there. He also had a one and a half sacks, which is a career high for him. So not just being a guy that's going to play the back end of the safety department there, back end of the field covering routes. He's also a guy that gets very active against the run, and he's very disciplined there. He had 12 passes defense this season, 80 tackles, which was up there in terms of one of the top leading tacklers on the team for the Broncos this season. That's wild. And obviously when your safety is doing that, you have some other issues you have to kind of rectify there. But the most telling metric here, a 64.3 pass 
passer rating for quarterbacks when they targeted him. So not much success when you went Justin Simmons' way and he only missed, guess what, six tackles this season. The metric, you always want to stay under that 10% threshold. Obviously for him, he did that well by a margin. I mean, his missed tackle percentage was very efficient. Your thoughts on Simmons' amazing season here once again and how he can build on it going forward. I think the sky's the limit, really, for Justin Simmons, right? I mean, we've seen him continually grow and get better as a player every single year. He's just He just continues to progress. He continues to do things that, man, I, we didn't always know that he could do, like the one and a half sacks this year. Let's see if we can double that going forward. I feel like there's always going to be more and more goals and, and things for Justin Simmons to do to continue to just just you know, reach that ceiling and then push beyond it. He can do that. He's that kind of athlete. He's that kind of player. He's that smart. He's just so versatile. He's so athletic and, and he's in his prime right now. So my, my thought is, is utilize him as much as you possibly can. We're talking about a guy whose ball production, Cody, his ball production is going to go down in Broncos history as borderline legendary if he keeps up this pace. So I feel like, man, we've got a real gem on our hands in Justin Simmons. So glad that he's locked up to a long-term contract and really, really awesome to see him go out there after signing that deal and really prove it and earn it and and prove himself, prove his worth to the team. Like Peyton Manning said after he was, I believe it was after he signed his contract with the Broncos or maybe after he was drafted by the Colts, one of his famous quotes, like, what are you going to do now that you got your contract? He's like, I'm going to go out there and earn it. And that's what Justin Simmons did. He sets the example high. And I feel like another guy who sets the example high in the secondary is a rookie, a rookie who plays like a veteran, who who doesn't look anything like a rookie at all. Yeah. That's Patrick Sertan the second. No, I mean, spot on with that, too. And real quick, just want to give a shout-out to Justin Simmons. He made Pro Football Network's first-team All-Pro list. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, for his play, he and Kevin Byer took home the honors there over at ProFootballNetwork.com. Obviously, a lot of accolades there. So, congratulations to Justin Simmons there. And, obviously, consideration the AP All-Pro voting as well. Uh, You mentioned Patrick Sertan. I mean, spot on, 110%. A player, a rookie that does not look like a rookie. I mean, and he was thrown into the fire right away. And he was doing so much as well in training camp because I don't think many Broncos fans realize he wasn't playing on the outside much during training camp. He was playing inside the nickel and the dime. First game against the New York Giants, he started as the dime and the nickel guy there for the Broncos alongside Bryce Callahan, and they rotated in situational packages. But due to injuries, we saw Kyle Fuller, you know, kind of move around there. He struggled as well. You saw Ronald Darby get injured, obviously, in that first game against the New York Giants. So guess what? Week two and on, you'd see Patrick Sertan on the outside, and he never missed a beat. He would get an interception in his first career start, obviously, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But the way that we saw him react on the football, his technique, I mean, he is a perfect technician, and he matched up with some of the NFL's best receivers so far in 2021, and he didn't blink. He didn't wince at all. That was one thing that stood out to me. Four interceptions on the season for the Broncos rookie 14 passes defense 58 tackles and also when quarterbacks would target him in the passing game a 61.3 passer rating when targeted that right there is great a 51 percent completion percentage against him when you factor it in that's pretty dang good in the NFL and he only had five missed tackles from the cornerback spot a lot of those issues there though came up early he improved as a tackler as the season went on rightfully so He's a top player. And I know Broncos country, for the most part, they probably agree with us. So we'll touch on that a little bit more as we continue on with our top five defensive players here in the 2021 NFL season for this Denver Broncos football team. 
But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get into a conversation with the three remaining players on this list here from the top five defensive players. But before we do that, let me give a special shout out to our sponsor of today's episode of the show. So good friends over there, betonline.ag. And BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march to the playoffs and beyond. And BetOnline, they remain the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and they have a brand new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using our promo code locked on that's one word locked on to get started from football basketball hockey boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts all right, Sarah, opening up the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos going through our top five defensive players from the 2021 season. First off, we recap Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan highlighting that. I know Sarah is very high on Patrick Sertan, but there was also another Broncos defensive back that made this list. Sarah, tell us all about him and why he made the list this season. Cody, I think Ronald Darby deserves to be on this list. I know he only played 11 games, but I think you and I will agree. Every single game we came back to this table and we're like, well, I mean, Ronald Darby played well. Patrick Sertan played well. Justin Simmons played well. Kareem Jack. I mean, those guys were the constants. And even my dog agrees with Ronald Darby being on this <laughs> list, Cody. So I feel like I, I feel like he does deserve to be on this list despite having missed six games this past season. The Broncos made him a big money free agent signing three years, $30 million. I feel like that's a pretty reasonable deal for a cornerback who's done what he's done in this league when healthy. And to get 11 games out of him is kind of unfortunately par for the course. But I think we saw him do really well. And what I'd like to see more of, like we talked about with Justin Simmons, you know, what, what do we do going forward? I think for Ronald Darby going forward, we need to see more ball production. Coming to the Broncos from the from from Washington last season, he didn't have any interceptions, and he didn't have any interceptions with the Broncos this season. But we've consistently seen him get his hands around the ball, get his hands on the ball, breaking up passes. I want to see more ball production in terms of taking that ball away and making and creating turnovers. I think Bluey in the background agrees with you. Desperately wants to see more ball production from Ronald Darby. But I will touch on this too When in terms of Darby. I agree with you. You know, the thing that we saw from him is that he was always where the ball was at, right? If there was a ball thrown at And I even go back to that first week game against the Giants. I mean, Kenny Galladay was targeted several times there. And the, some of the catches that Galladay had was tightly contested coverage by Ronald Darby. You know, the one thing I think people look at is if a player gives up a catch, like, oh my goodness, he can't stop anybody. You know how hard it is, ladies and gentlemen, to play cornerback, to play defensive back in NFL, especially with all the rules that are aligned against defenses, for Ronald Darby to make the plays that he did on the football to be in position. Look, as a DB coach and as a former DB, I will always be happy with the fact that as long as the guy was in position and if a catch is made, it's a pretty dang good play by the receiver because the coverage by Ronald Darby has always really been tightly contested. Now, I think there are situations where you you see a lot of teams try to scheme up different crossing patterns, pick plays that really try to create space against man coverage. Darby, he takes really good angles. And I think that in 2022, he's going to have an opportunity to build on that. But it has to come with the ball production, as you mentioned. Want to see more INTs, more takeaways from him. But also, if he can keep forcing incomplete passes, I think Broncos country will be happy. Now we're going to shift to another position group here. Obviously, DB has dominated the top half of this list here. But we're going to go to the defensive line now. Shelby Harris comes in as the next guy here on the top five Denver Broncos defensive players from the 2021 season. Obviously, when you look back at his season, he tied for a career high of 49 total tackles, 
six sacks. He also added seven tackles for a loss and 11 quarterback hits. Those are important metrics. And he also went out and he really earned his new contract, as you were alluding to. When you do get a new contract, fans want to see it. Can they go out and can they earn it? And Shelby Harris did just that. You know, he also did it as well, sir, battling injuries all throughout the seasons. Shelby was never 100% throughout the 2021 season. The thing that I saw from him, I mean, we'd see him on the injury report Wednesdays, Thursdays, and questionable on Fridays, and then he would still come in and find a way to play. And, and there was times where he'd be banged up and he'd go out for a moment and he'd be down on the field. He'd come right back in and just contribute and hustle the Broncos have a good one here with Shelby Harris anything you want to add on his impact and what you noticed this season I'm just excited that we saw him really back up that contract again just like with Justin Simmons you go out you get that deal a lot of times what you're worried about after guys sign those contracts is you're worried about just an instant regression like hey I got my money now I can kind of you know take it easier or maybe I pop up on the injury report more than normal and I'm taking you know Sundays off every now and again and and that hasn't been the case for the two guys that the Broncos gave big money. Except like George Payton came in and just based really on good faith and film evaluation, he went in and he re-signed those two guys. And so to see Shelby Harris go out there and match his career highs in some really, really important categories, I think was great to see, especially like you said, I mean, he's on the injury report. Or Wednesday, Thursday, and then he plays on Sunday and he goes out and plays well. Obviously, we didn't see, you know, an astronomical number of batted passes from Shelby Harris this season, but still, he played extremely well and he wasn't the only one on the defensive line that got into this top five either. Well, let's talk about Draymond Jones coming in as our fifth top five defensive player here for the Denver Broncos in the 2021 season. I, I think a lot of people, you know, even Draymond Jones to say, you know, this wasn't the year that I envisioned for myself, but man, his impact was very significant. I mean, can we talk about the, the week 18 regular season finale against the Kansas City Chiefs where he just mauled Joe Tooney at the guard position? Everyone's like, oh, he slipped. No, Draymond Jones ate his lunch and then some, which forced a Shelby Harris sack. There was times where Draymond Jones was also battling injuries throughout this season I know he's dealing with a foot injury for a little bit but his impact on the field the amount of attention he commanded was significant especially on the interior often at times he would face a tackle guard double team or a guard center double team depending on what the Broncos decided to do but where he was super effective is when the Broncos would execute one of the TE stunts where they would send the defensive tackle outside that's in the defensive end back inside they they are able to mix and match guys and for Draymond Jones he can play on the outside as a D and he can play on the interior as a defensive tackle if you need him to his versatility kind of speaks for itself what type of impact did he have this season Sarah from a numbers and a statistical output uh, he was outstanding he was outstanding you mentioned a couple of dominant stretches of play but obviously leading the team with nine tackles for loss uh, and it felt like it it felt like he led the team in that category 21 total QB pressures again <sighs> setting a career high, which he he set last year as well. So obviously Draymond Jones has big time potential, big time potential. And he's he's getting close to, I mean, he's one of those other guys that I keep on making this allusion to the ceiling. I mean, he's one of those other guys that's getting really close to just busting through 11 quarterback hits, five and a half sacks. The sky truly is the limit for this guy. I, I really feel like, man, he is, he's on the cusp. If, if I'm George Payton, Cody, here's what I'm doing. I'm going out now that I've got Cortland Sutton taken care of. I've got Tim Patrick taken care of, Justin Simmons, Shelby Harris. This offseason, I'm going to the table with Draymond Jones's agent, and I'm like, hey, like we want this guy here beyond the season. We don't want to screw around with franchise tag. 
We don't want to screw around with letting him get to the open market. I also don't want him to go out there and have like 12 sacks this year and have to pay him, you know, $25 million a year. (laughs) So if I'm George Payton, I'm looking ahead. Draymond Jones, you talk about core guys on this roster. I feel like Draymond Jones is the epitome of a core guy. He's going to be a stud for years to come. No, I agree with you, and I think Broncos country agrees with you as well. And Broncos country, let us know. I mean, do you agree with our top five players for the defensive side of the ball for the Broncos from 2021? Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan, Ronald Darby, Shelby Harris, and Draymond Jones. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Do you have a different top five? Drop them in the comment section down below here on the YouTube channel, ladies and gentlemen. But coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and I, we're going to get into the conversation as to which players need to be top five defensive players for the Denver Broncos in the 2022 NFL season. You get that coming up here in just a moment. But before I do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. It's our good friends over there at TurboTax. And ladies and gentlemen, it is Turbo time. And people think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Life changes are exciting, and they usually have tax implications. Maybe you were a full-time employee who decided to freelance, and now you need some advice on how to file as a contractor. Maybe you started driving rideshare after your 9-to-5 job, or maybe you work in one state but live in another, and you need help reporting your income. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experienced experts dedicated to answering all of your tax questions and finding every deduction for you. And you can talk to them from your phone without ever having to leave your house. Whether you got married, had kids, changed careers, TurboTax Live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situation and get you the best tax outcome. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. So visit TurboTax.com to learn more today. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, Turbo Tax Live. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, Cody Works, Sarah Bettinger back here with you here once again. We're talking about which players need to be the top five defensive players going into 2022. Who needs to make the rotation there? Some interesting ones here. And I think some logical explanations as well here. You know, starting things off, one of the guys mentioned Sarah. Baron Browning, inside linebacker, an emerging star in the making, has all the potential in the world. I like what you mentioned here about him having to stay healthy, though. That's going to be one thing, playing consistent. I mean, there's times where Baron Browning absolutely flashes off the TV screen. He tracks plays left to right. I mean, he is explosive in what he can do in terms of his abilities as an athletic inside cover, hybrid run-stopping linebacker. However, there's also moments where he gets caught underneath sometimes. And I think these are the things you deal with with a young player there. But kind of going back there, you mentioned that star power is obvious with him and maybe even utilizing him more as a pass rusher, kind of what we've seen with the Dallas Cowboys doing with Micah Parsons. Share your thoughts with me on uh, Baron Browning and maybe your projections for him and how he can get there. I'm really excited about him. I think everybody in Broncos country that follows along closely with the NFL draft and things like that, like to see him go with the, I I believe that was the last pick of day two for the Broncos to get him there after all the mock draft scenarios where we're talking about him as a borderline first round guy, maybe having to take him with the pick that ultimately wound up getting traded to move up for Javante Williams. So obviously Broncos country has high expectations for Baron Browning. And I do too. I have really high expectations for him based on what we saw at Ohio state and what we saw him do this year when he was pressed into action. Very, very exciting young player, but George Payton, he didn't necessarily say specifically or like verbatim. He wasn't like, Hey, yeah, Baron Brown, needs to stay healthy but he did mention in a one-on-one interview that he had with Broncos TV he talked about the fact that a lot of this rookie class like the next thing for them in the progression is really just learning how to be pros and and I think we saw the example Patrick Sertan Javante Williams those two guys were you know they played in almost every single game this past season as rookies 
And, and that kind of dependability and reliability is so, so critical from the linebacker position. And that is a lot to ask of those guys, isn't it? I mean, it's a lot yeah. to ask of a position that you're just constantly, I mean, you're constantly creating contact and tackling. I mean, racking up a hundred plus tackles a year. Baron Browning did a tremendous job as a rookie. Like you said, there's things that he can tweak, things that he can work on. I'm excited to see what the progression looks like for him in year two, because I think he's going to be a, an absolute stud for this defense. Yeah, I know. I agree with you there. The prospects of what the Broncos will do at inside linebacker this offseason, that's one storyline. I'm waiting to see what George Payton has a plan for because there's so many things that they can do. And there's obviously guys they want to retain. And I think now that Vic Fangio is gone, maybe the prospect of keeping a guy like Kenny Young is still on the table because that was some rumblings of some stuff that we have heard as well is that maybe he wouldn't come back if Vic was back. I am not sure why. But, you know, something to keep an eye on there as the Broncos look at the future of the inside linebacker position, something I'm looking forward to. But they're also going to have to eye the future here in 2022, potentially with the pass rusher. And that's Bradley Chubb, who needs to be a top five defensive player in 2022. Now, Sarah, he's no secret to dealing with injuries. Unfortunately, this was something that was out of his control. Training camp came around. He was having issues with his ankle. And they realized they had a bone spur in there. They had to go in. They had to clean it out. He missed some time, came back a little bit. And then he tried to test it week two against the Jaguars. A couple plays in, it gives out again, and he has to get it cleaned up. And just an unfortunate circumstance for him trying to stay healthy. I mean, we're talking about a guy who dealt with an ACL injury going into his second, you know, his second season in the NFL, and then coming out and having to deal with this. The Broncos are going to have to make a decision whether or not they want to pick up the fifth year option on his contract, which is definitely coming up. But for him, what does he have to do to play better? And what are some things you'd like to see from him in 2022? Well, I think with Bradley Chubb, we really need to see him take that next step just in terms of taking over games. And that's, I mean, that may seem like an unfair expectation of any individual player, but hey, you're the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft. Then the team goes ahead and trades Von Miller. Like the, the pressure is on now for Chubb, in my opinion, especially, and, and this is totally and completely unrelated, but I mean, the way that Josh Allen is playing for the Buffalo Bills highlights the fact that the Broncos chose Bradley Chubb over him which you know to us we understand like at the time that was the right call now Bradley Chubb has to go out it's it's enough about okay back in 2018 you almost set the rookie sack record and then in 2020 yeah. uh, you know you you borderline you know you were the best player on the defense you know essentially with Von Miller being injured and made the Pro Bowl and even though you finished the year year with injury I feel like Chubb the time is now for him to establish himself as a bona fide star edge player in the NFL and we shouldn't even be discussing whether or not he's on the top five of this list next year what we should be discussing is man you know how how quickly he ascended to number one on this list I mean I expect double digit sacks out of Bradley Chubb I expect four to six forced fumbles a year out of Bradley Chubb I expect game-changing plays at the end of games from Bradley Chubb. I expect plays like we saw against the Raiders where he took an interception to the one-yard line. Those are the things that you expect out of your superstar players. And Bradley Chubb, he was drafted five overall with the expectation that he could be a superstar defender, a high-impact edge player. That's what the Broncos need out of him in 2022. I think those are very fair points that you make as well. And look, I, I would say this too. I was very pleased when he came back from his injury, how he looked. There were a couple games he had to shake off some rust, but man, his motor was 
all over the place. Now, the one thing I'd say, like his motor was amped so much that there was some extracurricular stuff that he would do in between the whistles, uh, you know, to opposing players. Obviously, stuff like that you got to watch out for. But for him, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he understands the pressure and what he has to do. He sees all the media tweets. He sees all the the articles and the reaction from people saying that the Broncos should have went with Josh Allen instead of Bradley Chubb. He's very well aware of that, and he's highly motivated by it. And I can tell you this: he is very eager for this upcoming season to kind of prove that point. Like I said, I, I thought we started to see him come into his own a little bit towards the end of the season. Obviously, we, we know what he's capable of. I mean, he proved it his rookie season. Unfortunately, his second season, torn ACL. His motor before he tore his ACL was unbelievable. And then what we saw from him last year, kind of shaking off a little bit of that rust from coming off of ACL. Then he was playing very dominant football for the Broncos. And then this year, injuries once again. I think that's going to be the biggest selling point. Can he stay healthy? I, I think that if he can... It's going to be there. Now, it'll be very intriguing to see who the Broncos coaching staff will be in 2022, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of that maybe will help or hurt maybe the projections that we have. And obviously, once we find that out, we'll let you know here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in here. Once again, the Lockdown Broncos free and available everywhere you get your podcast or on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, hit that thumbs up button. If you love this video, if you love the Broncos talk that both Sarah and I bring to you, we appreciate you tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. That'll do it for today's episode of the show. But tomorrow's episode of the show, it's going to be a Denver Broncos mailbag episode. So Broncos country, stay tuned for the tweet at Cody Work in a film at Sir Benger at Lockdown Broncos. Go on Twitter, reply to that with your mailbag question, and we will answer as many as we can on tomorrow's episode, Locked on Broncos.